You're listening to the Self Love Series brought to you by Sports and Social Mind. In each episode, we will be joined by some of Ireland's inspiring female minds. This week, our host, Megan Scully, is joined by mental health advocate, Cloda Cal. Cloda Cal, there you are. How are you? Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm really good. It's, it's great to see you. I've seen, I, we've obviously met each other socially so many times, but I've also interviewed you quite a few times as well now. Yeah, so you have done great to, to We cross paths an awful lot. <laughs> we do. How are you keeping? Good, good. And uh, good, all things considering, really. Um, finding this lockdown a little bit tougher than the other ones, but I mean, you just kind of have to keep going and keep tipping away. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, same thing. I've, and I've noticed people I speak to, you know, everyone's finding this one much tougher. And I think that's why this um, self-care love series is great because it's just giving people, I guess, hearing information from other people who have gone through certain journeys in life that can help them go through this lockdown. So I think a lot of people are kind of grieving at the moment because of the lockdown, we're, we're starved of connection, of human connection. We're starved of love. And it's like, we just need something to keep us ticking over. And you know, I say that the news today for the first time in a long time seemed kind of positive. So yeah, help me go. But Claude, I, look, I guess I've, I know your story and, and I've chatted to you loads about it. But for those who are watching and listening, and I, I know, I suppose we don't have as much time as we'd hoped, but I, I guess... Ha- couldn't you tell us like your story from you know how you became to become a mental health advocate? I love that question because I'm like I never know where to start or try to fit <laughs> 27 years of trauma into like five minutes. Um, so basically, in a really really quick nutshell, um, I have experience on both sides of the coin with mental health or mental illness. So I grew up in a fostering background, which meant that I was kind of passed from pillar to post when I was growing up. Like from the age of three, I was kind of passed from house to house. I've been in seven different primary schools. I've lived in like 30 odd different places. I've moved around an awful lot. So stability wasn't something that was mm-hmm. prevalent in my younger years, which um, went on to give me a lot of kind of, what I didn't realise at the time was mental health issues from a young age. I thought at the time I was just kind of sadness because I had a I had an alcoholic parent and she wasn't around and I was different to everyone and I was always a new girl. So like to me at the time, mental illness meant that my mother... Was, had a drinking problem so I would have never even put two and two together and considered that I was in that same category Um, it wasn't until I was in my I think it was in my early 20s and I really really struggled so I moved out when I was 18 I was completely by myself I was in college full-time um, in the Air College in Limerick I was doing Monday to Friday I was working five nights a week in a nightclub and eventually like but my physical health and my mental health just kept on like rapidly deteriorating and um, until and trigger warning I'm going to talk about um mental health a little bit here um until I found myself in UL hospital um after trying to take my life and that was the the pit of my depression like that was the bottom like the rock bottom part so after that I kind of probably realized it was a little bit more than overwhelming sadness but still at the time I didn't really know um I didn't really know how to ask for help or how to go for support or for to look for, for support and even at that I still didn't really consider that I was mentally ill, say, um, at the time when you're in the aftercare system with TUSLA, they will support you to do your uh, third level education as long as you're in full-time education until you're 23. So like when I went to my lectures and stuff and they'd say, can you not just take a year out or can you not do this? Like that wasn't an mm-hmm. option for me. So I literally just had no choice but to go and keep going. Um, animation was my dream career and my dream t- degree. So I literally just 
had to keep on going I just didn't have a choice so I think that's probably what kept me going thankfully um then um I was kind of had it in my head I was like just get your degree and then like you can run away to Australia and start your life and like everything will be great and so that's what I focused on I focused on get my degree um do my degree show and everything and that took the total of five years so I was in second year when I had that suicide attempt and then I still had like two years to go until I, I graduated so then my degree show came and then my graduation came and I always tell the story because of this was like the 10-15 years I was putting all this and again it's destination happiness I was putting all my um hope into this one day that once I got my degree like my life would be magically fixed and like everything would be good and I could like start a new life but it was that day, like I got my pretty dress, I got my hair and makeup done and everything. And I went and collected my degree and I sat down and I've never, ever, ever felt worse. And I think it was the realisation that the 10, 12, 15 years of suppressed emotions, feelings, traumas, everything had magically been fixed. Like the weight was still on my shoulders and the hole was still in my heart and the lump was still in my throat. And I had to then deal with that. And that was that was a very, very big, hard pill to swallow. So I went out that night and um, had a few drinks with the rest of my friends, the rest of my course. And I came home and had just like a full on mental breakdown. And it was only after that that I was like, OK, Claudia, you need to go and see a professional because like it was at that stage, like I was literally in the depths of depression. Like I couldn't, I was pulling myself out of bed. Like I was crying all the time. I just couldn't function as a, and I could never see my life any different. I didn't know a life any other way. So when I went to the doctor, I explained all this and he said, okay. And I was like, I've tried the, the, the going to walks. I've tried the ex- exercise. I've tried all this stuff. It's not working. Like I've tried everything. And at the time I had a real, um, not, it was probably ignorance against medication as a lot of people do. I was like, no, like my mother is an addict. I didn't want to be addicted to something else. Um, I didn't want to follow in her footsteps. I was like, no, I can get through this myself. I, I've always been by myself. I can do it by myself. So medication was literally the last resort for me. Um, he put me on medication and after, I think it was like six or eight weeks where you kind of go down, down, down and then it starts to work. But for me at that stage, I was at such a low that it could never get worse. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just helped me almost straight away. And with that, my life, my quality of life just became so much better. Like I, I had this lease of life that I never thought I'd have before and um, like it wasn't overwhelming like when I went to the doctor what I said to him was I don't want to die but I feel like I'm just existing and it was that feeling of like not having anything any interest in anything nothing so like what the medication gave to me was stability to do all the stuff that everyone tells you to do when you're struggling like get the good food or the exercise and see people and see your friends so it, it made it less manic and just gave me that stability that I could do all that stuff and help myself so that was me and that was the start of my journey with recovery with depression. Um, after that, that was in, when did I graduate? That was in November in 2016. So then um, I left a job, I left a retail job and I started my own business. And then within like, I think it was like six months or not even, I think it was maybe three months after that. So about eight or nine months after I, I kind of began my journey um, into recovery. Um, my One of my friends unfortunately took his life and on the same night, my mother took her life. So as you can imagine, that's a very pivotal point in my life with regards to the flip side of the coin um, in dealing with uh, the impact of mental health or mental illness. And after that, 
I don't know, something just switched to me. Like, I'd already always kind of knew in my head that I wanted to do something to help better the system or better someone or help someone's life or do something to make a change. Um, I want to be the change I want to see in the world and I want to be the person I needed as a child. But I just never knew how to go about doing that. So I guess as well, I was very afraid of what people would say. Like growing up, the whole my mum being an alcoholic was a very taboo subject. I was made feel like I, not I was made feel, but I felt embarrassed because it was secret, secret, secret. We'll pretend she's here. We'll pretend this. It was lies and everything. So I just felt embarrassed. And I was like, how am I going to come out here and say I'm really depressed or I tried to take my life without people looking at me differently and looking at me in sympathy because I was already by myself at that stage. But after those two people died, obviously they, they lost their battle to mental illness. Something just changed in my head. And I was like, there's a story to be told here. And yeah. for me to come through foster care and go through the aftercare system and go through all that and lose these people and still come out the other end and see the light at the end of the tunnel. That for me was like, okay, that's enough motivation for me to start using my voice to encourage the positive discussion. And if I could do that in memory of the people that I've lost, especially my mother, um, then it was not worth it, but it was meaningful. It was, I was doing something meaningful in her memory. Um, so after that, I started speaking out on it became, I think it started off with a Facebook video that kind of went, like it got some like 70, 80,000 views in it. Mm -hmm. And then I started like entering myself into like the Miss Limericks and things like that and started, not because I wanted to specifically win it, but it was just because I wanted to network and get my foot in the door in these places. And it kind of has just spiraled from there. And now I just use, um, I use my platform obviously on Instagram to try and it had been very much more, a positive or a personal discussion before like it would have been very much my story I'm now trying to like be more positive and about wellness and kind of because I've obviously been on a big self-love journey and like mm-hmm. um I'm still in like like I say m- mental health or mental health is a journey not a destination and I have to work hard at it every day so like it's not like I'm just magically fixed all of a sudden I still have to work hard on other days and I'm just trying to encourage that to let even if it's one person know that like it does get better because when I was in the depths of despair I had nobody to look at or turn to to think well she got through it or he got through it and so can I and I would hate to think that like my younger nieces or nephews or people that are younger would think that there's no way out other than that so that's in a nutshell (laughs) (laughs) I have to say I just your honesty every time to you I'm always just blown away by your story and just how you how you say it so honestly and you and the way you articulate yourself as well and as you said you know the the, the life you've had from from foster care and constant moving um to your mother and then to to have suicide in your life as well and all mental health and I just think so many people are going to learn so much from you and take so much like inspiration from your story as well because here you are you are case in point of someone that has gone through it and I think what you said earlier is something that um, I think is really important is like, you know, when you're younger, you didn't know what mental health was, so you didn't really understand. And I think there's a lot of people suffering who maybe don't actually know what they're suffering from. And I think it's really, it's kind of like that moment when you realize what maybe depression is, and then you realize that maybe you're suffering from depression. It kind of, it is that weight lifted because suddenly then you've something that you can kind of work with and work around and learn to live with as well. So I think that is really important information for anyone listening and watching to know that, you know, you might realize yet what, what's going on in your mind, but, you know, there is, you know, help out there as well. And, and someday you might discover what it is and be able to to change your life for the better. Now, you did mention about your Instagram. And I have, of course, been following you for a while now. And I, I have, you no, know, I love that you put up these affirmations and 
all these nuggets of information and like how you found people have been reacting to them because I have to say like I think it's great because you give like journal tips as well and you know it's writing is so powerful yes um so basically like in the last year or so so basically that like say 12 months ago mm. I just had this epiphany like that I was there had been a lot of things that happened beforehand and although I've been on this say journey of mental health recovery for the last maybe four years I've always struggled um with my self-worth and my self-love and stuff and I guess that's coming from a place of feelings of abandonment like with, with parents and like guardians and things like that so that's something I've really had to work hard at and even though I can preach 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 talk about your feelings talk about this when I'm still negatively talking about myself all the time it's kind of like they're cancelling each other out and I'm still feeling like really bad about myself and I'm still like really being hard on myself Mm-hmm. so last year um at the start of the year I just like was like I want to start reading and I want to start like reading self-development books and I want to understand why I'm feeling the way or I'm triggered by these things and I just like I didn't know where to start so I just started putting books at random places and I hadn't read a book in like 17 years or something so I was like I'm just gonna try these things because obviously this negative self-talk hasn't worked for the last 27 years so I might as well give the positive self-talk a chance and um, so I started there and at the time I pulled back a little bit from social media because I felt like again I was constantly telling the same story like I don't want to keep talking about my depression or my mom dying or anything like that that I feel like that's not helpful in the sense of like to keep repeating it so it's like how can I better myself without just keep going over the same story over and over again so I started to read and I started to just journal down my thoughts and at the start I thought I like it does seem a bit mad when you're like writing to yourself and I have done some exercise before, like with counselling, where they'll tell you mm. to write a letter to the person that maybe has hurt you or um, whatever it is. So I knew that that had helped in the past. So I was like, Claudia, just give it a go. <laughs> you have nothing else to be doing. You're in a lockdown. So I just started writing how I was feeling. And that way, it's kind of like, I feel like sometimes you just need to get things off your chest and like out in the air and then let go. Because yeah. when it's in your head, you can't really rationalize it. So when you can brain dump on paper, you can kind of look at it, analyze it. It's almost like a, a secret conversation with yourself. But it's more like you're talking to the rational side of yourself because you can look back at it. And I started to be like, this is helping me. And these are the things that probably people have told me to do before. And I just blatantly ignored it because I was like, it doesn't work. Like, go away. <laughs> and it was all that kind of stuff that I probably turned my nose up at that I just kind of started implementing into my daily life. And when I saw the benefits that was ha- ha- helping me, I wanted to kind of turn my personal Instagram into giving out, say, I st- wanted to stop putting up photos of just random things and captions about whatever it was. And I wanted to put out valuable content. And these are the things that can kind of help everyone. And I know because it's helped me and I know I've been through all that hard stuff and I know I've come out the other end, but it's, it's still at the same time, I still need to work at it every day. And that's not going on medication and going to therapy per se. It's doing these little things in, in my daily life. And when I realized how much it was helping me, I was like, well, sure, if this can help one other human out there, like in, in the followers or someone who may stumble across my page, isn't that, what, isn't that what makes it worth it? And I said at the start of January, I think it was when I started doing the affirmations, I was like, I'm just going to do this every day because I felt this lockdown. I've been a bit unmotivated in the sense of I just don't feel like doing a whole pile um which I'm sure a lot of people can uh, relate to like it's hard to get out and even go for the walks and stuff so putting myself under pressure to write motivational things and come on my stories and answer questions and stuff like that I wasn't going to do that to myself as part of self-love 
but I could give these little nuggets every now and again when I felt like it or I could do the positive affirmations every single day and it might strike a chord with someone else and it has done and I have gotten random messages from people going these are really helping or like and you kind of forget that there's other people watching like I'm doing it for me but like in hope that it might touch someone else but you kind of forget that and then someone might send you a message and be like these are really helping or something you put up like really and it reminds you then you're like it kind of gives you that warm feeling inside and that like what keeps motivating you to do it that's been really nice in the sense of like you kind of you take comfort as well from knowing that someone else is probably in the same sort of feelings or um understanding how you're feeling because realistically like this it's not like this is some one trauma to me like we're all going through this traumatic collective experience through the pandemic so we can all understand each other in one way or another so these kind of little nuggets or whatever is almost like a universal kind language type of thing and it's been working so and it does work I suppose that's thing too what you're sharing is actual like challenges and 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 writing and and affirmations that do work like I'm doing um, a gratitude and meditation course at the moment and I uh, in the last couple of months or the last year or so I have affirmations and I have a vision board all sellotaped up to my bathroom wall beside my mirror so when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning or in the evening I can repeat them to myself and I'd say sometimes if people come over they're probably like why is this girl got like hadn't like my friends understand now so they then they get it and then, like I think but like that then other friends have started doing that because they see it there but um I think it's really important to say because what you're sharing is actually helpful advice and I see the comments coming in there on the live and you know people saying it's helped me so much and I understand that too when people because you know sometimes not everyone is able to pick up a book and just read it and some books are harder to read than others so if you're able to share something on on your Instagram and someone's able to you know do that at home you know it's it's those little steps then maybe they'll in a couple of weeks time be able to pick up a book but you but speaking about books there what do you think has been for you maybe the most valuable book that you read because like personally for yourself um so like I said I hadn't so I made like three um resolutions last year at the end of 2019 and one of them was to make my bed every day someone had said to me he was like um no matter what day kind of day you have you always have your made bed to come home to and that really struck a chord with me for some reason because I have never made my my bed before so I just started making it every day now it did take a while for me to get into a habit but every day I've made my bed of the whole 2020 and I never leave the room without making it now and it was to read one book. I didn't put myself under pressure to read loads the whole year. I said, just read one book. For the whole of 2020, just read one book. And the third one was to help try fix my relationship with food and exercise. So the first book I decided to read was Lost Connections. Yeah. By, yeah. So that was more because, obviously, I have a connection with the depression and the anxiety side of things. So I was like, I'm going to give this... Because I've found before, I don't like fiction books. I'll just re- read a movie if I want to read a fiction book. Um, <laughs> waste, waste of time, in my opinion. No offense to anyone that does it. But um, I read something that I knew that I would have get some valuable information from. And once I started to read it, again, it was hard. But I just kind of said, look, read one page a day or read two pages a day. And then the next day, read two. And then next week, we read five. And it's just kind of training your brain to do that. And once I started to read things that I was like, there was like little pennies dropping. I was like, oh, 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 I can guess information and valuable information about myself from these books and I can learn and better myself to be a better human, to be a better um, sister, friend, girlfriend, employee, whatever it is. And after that, I was just like this mad world of inspiration <laughs> opened up. So Lost Connections was definitely a big eye, eye opener for me in that, in that sense of 
I think he said something in it that really struck out with me. I think it was from like a British psychologist. It's like people are only as needy as their unmet needs. And that really struck with me because I thought about all the connections I did not have growing up in my years between, especially maybe in my in my college years, I was completely by myself and I felt like I had no one to turn to or listen to or to, that cared about me. And that's why I felt like the world didn't, wouldn't have cared whether I was there or not. So when I think back and I'm thinking about the connections that I didn't have with people and how alone I felt, it was just striking like these little chords with me. And it just made me like really think about the situations before and how by reading these books, I can make sure these don't happen again. So Lost Connections was definitely a huge one for me. Um, uh, I read In New Earth as well. I think that was the Amazing. second one I read. An amazing read for every sort of perspective in for life in general um what was an atomic habits was a great one um for building habits and obviously i've made my bed every day since so it's the little habits that make the bigger changes and i've learned that as well with i got an online coach for my i had a bad relationship with food and exercise and i thought back eight months ago that I'd never get the results that I have now and I've realized the small little changes are what mm-hmm. makes the bigger changes in the end that book goes through all of them uh, The Chin Paradox is also an amazing uh, book very very interesting and um, one I've just I'm just about to finish now is um, Surrounded by Idiots which is about human behavior which is really interesting because um, if you're interested in human behavior you'll know mm-hmm. there's like four personalities there's four color personalities and when I read this book, I can look back on situations that I was with with other people, whether they be um, ex-boyfriends or ex-employers. And at the time, I didn't really understand why they were behaving the way they were behaving. But when you can understand why someone is programmed or conditioned the way they are, it's a lot easier to forgive them or to kind of react in the situation, not through emotion. So that's what I'm learning big time from them kind of books. Another big one was uh, The Five Love Languages. And this is has a very big part to play in my own self-love because I think that everyone should know about five love languages and they should know how to practice them on themselves. I look back on arguments I had with like, in other relationships and like maybe he bought me flowers but didn't get me a card. And I was like, why do you get me a card? Like, you know, I love cards. I don't want the flowers. And it's because my love language is words of affirmation. Whereas his might've been receiving gifts which he would have given me a gift and there just would have been argument 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 but realistically it was just that we didn't understand each other so for me a big part of self-love is knowing what my love language are and practicing them on myself so like words of affirmation those positive affirmations every day are in essence filling up my love tank for myself because I have to tell myself every day I am worthy I am beautiful my weight does not equate my worth you are you can like you're a good person like those things that maybe I spent years on saying you're not worth it or the the voice in my head that would have told me the negative self-talk or you're fat or uglier those things that we say to ourselves and don't think don't question it but then think we're crazy when you're going no Chloe you are beautiful and you are strong and it's those things that are like really really helping um my daily self-care and self-love and the second one is um physical touch so physical touch for me would be exercise uh, the gym is a massive part and I know that that what that plays for for me so that was a huge book huge huge book for re- regards to relationship with myself or relationship with other people because at the end of the day the only relationship I know I'm guaranteed is the one with myself so I need to make sure it's a good positive one and I have a good relationship with the person I'm looking at in the mirror because 
if I can't love myself, how can I expect anyone else to love me? I always, I always say as well, as like your longest relationship you'll ever have is with yourself. So make exactly. it a good one. Exactly. Um, we do have three questions that we finish on with all our guests. So um, we will get to those now. Okay. So three positive people that you follow on social media. Ooh, um, I follow loads. I have to, have to 100% say my coach, Sarah, um, Sarah Colby. She has honestly... I invested, I spent, I said 2020 was the year I invested in myself. And I went to her with a lot of probably demons that maybe people didn't know about me and still don't know about me. But I felt some sort of trust with her straight away. And she's honestly changed my life. I think she's an incredible female, um, like entrepreneur, girl, influence, everything. So Sarah Colby, 100%. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? There's so many. Um. I always have like a list of people that I, I look to to think that like the, you actually I actually wrote a list down in, in my journal of people that I really look at like their social media and love how they use you're one of them Owen Sheehan is another one I think I hey. put a comment in another one and um, <laughs> Lauren Guilfoyle I really enjoy her content I think she's a, like I love people that use their um Instagram for valuable content and they're, they're trying to impact and not impress Um Tracy Colby is another fantastic girl um, there's just so many like social media can be flooded with positive influence if yeah. you're looking in the right place if you're opening up your social media and all you're seeing is people that are making you feel bad, bad about yourself you're not using social media correctly um, I, I actually like you're putting me on the spot there now but there's just literally <laughs> so so many people there that, I did yeah, I got a few in there but there's so many advice that you give to your pre-covid self oh um, the lockdown three is going to be harder and not as much <laughs> fun as lockdown one was um, just um, take one day at a time Yeah. because I smashed lockdown number one and lockdown number two was hard and three I've really struggled and that's someone that's coming with a very good um, very good mental health at the minute and yeah. just because um like I carry my baggage well doesn't mean it's not heavy but just to, to understand that just because you have been in great places before that you can kind of slip up and mm. be self-aware enough to notice that things might be a little bit tough and just be kinder to yourself and know that there's going to be harder days it's not a productivity contest it's a pandemic and we just have to try and take one day at a time better days are coming you've been through hard times before and you can do it again absolutely and the final question what does self-love mean to you um self-love for me is just showing up for myself and checking in on my basic needs and making sure that my mind is a, a good place to like a, a happy place to be a positive place to be i have to say claude gal it's an absolute pleasure chatting to you i could stay chatting to you for ages <laughs> your honesty is something else and i think you are going to save and help so many people and i have to say i'm so happy and proud looking at your social media and i love what you're doing and i love following you and seeing your life and I have to say um, as always a pleasure and I hope that everything stays going amazingly for you and I can't wait to see you again down in Limerick hopefully in Amber some night yes sometime soon I'll, I'll see you forward to it. keep doing what you're doing because you're doing a mighty job thanks for me, Megan